Welcome to Shoalhaven Youth Local, a show where we focus on everything local in Shoalhaven. From current events and community groups, to local history and the best places to be, and even our favourite local personalities. We've got you covered. So if you ever wanted to know son, where to go or where to volunteer even, from a youth perspective, then listen in. You might be surprised by what's just outside your front door. Shoalhaven Youth Local would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of you and country, the land on which this podcast is recorded, and pay our respects to elders past and present. Welcome to your daily dose of local and national happenings. And what's making waves out there with today's... Hot Topic. In today's Hot Topic, we'll be discussing the Milton Ulladulla Bypass. Currently, there's a plan to bypass Milton Ulladulla via the Princess Highway. As we know, a lot of traffic goes through town... And so we'll be discussing the impacts of what this will mean to our community. So starting off, well, let's talk about the traffic. What do you guys think will happen as traffic is reduced? Traffic being reduced traffic? is yeah. a good thing, isn't it? Within town? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I guess that means that like it's there's a lot of po- that's positive thing about it. Like, the traffic will be reduced. Like, there's, like, a lot of traffic everywhere. And having it being reduced is just saves time so much. Mm. I reckon um, because they're thinking about putting it, like, going through to the bridge at Brill, there's already an, so much traffic at Brill at the moment. So in holidays, if they were to put a bar, bypass there, then the traffic there would just be nuts. It would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. I guess, though, but however, it's weekdays, so... Well, they could be there on weekdays. We also have to consider that during the summer, I mean, of course, traffic volumes increase drastically compared to winter. Yeah, because the tourism, like, coming here and taking photos. Of course. Yeah, and, and the beaches. <laughs> we, yeah. we also have to consider with that, too, um, with the less amount of people that will be coming through Aladella itself, it means people won't be stopping by on their way down, whether it be summer or winter, to buy things, say, from Woolworths yeah. or, um, say, have a lunch at one of our local cafes or so on. So, so, like, what you're saying is that, like, most cars won't just drive by Aladala? No. Yeah. No, if they they're going further past. past, they don't want to deal with, you know, the windy road going right through. Mm. Might as well, well, the it'll bypass. We'll be mm. going right uh, past unless they want to come in and have a rest stop. Mm. Though, that being said, 90, 95% of the cars that are already passing through aren't stopping here for lunch. So we have to consider the impacts of what will decrease congestion add to the economy versus less through traffic. So there's, so there's vegetation that, there's gonna be, that they're going to get rid of. So there's also, you mentioned you went kayaking, so there's waterways there. Yeah. So is it like a marshy environment? Are there... Um, I mean, I'm not a fisherman, but I'd imagine good fishing. Yeah, um, there is. And with cars, of course, we get pollution not just from you know their exhaust pipes, but also from their tires, which is a major issue for runoff. I think it's a pretty mixed topic. Like there are positive things, like uh, traffic being reduced, but however, trees and all that getting chopped down, even though trees are very important for our environment. I mean, like you know. 
But um, so, yeah, I guess it's just kind of mixed. Like there are good things, but there are bad things about it. I mean, that's just politics in general. There's, uh, you know, you pick your poison. But I think the biggest thing that we have to consider is, I mean, it's the traffic. It's how is this going to affect our town? And a lot of councillors are looking to the future. I've been watching the uh, council debates and there's definitely the idea that, okay, the state wants this to happen. We want it to happen to a certain extent. And we're going to have to reconcile with the fact that, okay, in the future, there's not going to be nearly as many cars coming through Aladella. So that means both there's going to be less of the economy, but we're going to have space to expand. And I think the biggest thing that council is sort of dipping their foot into is getting that uh, pedestrian access. So Mm. allowing it so that you don't need uh, a car to get around, which I think is going to be a major boon to um, local economy as people don't have to spend as much on on gas and it's just going to be nicer to live in. It can make the spot, it can make Aladella more of a uh, holiday destination. It can allow for new housing developments that are more dense and not just detached homes so everyone can have their own garage and parking Mm, lot. That's that's like what I'm saying. There's a lot of positives and negatives, you know? Like, it's just a very mixed topic. Oh, oh, thank you so much for listening to Hot Topic. We really appreciate you coming. Um, Listen to the next one. Bye. I'm Victoria, and this is this week's Blast from the Past, All Things Local History. This segment has been proudly supported by the Brains Trust of local historian Kathy Dunn. Milton has changed a lot over the years since it was first settled in 1827. The town wasn't officially established until 1860. Since then, many families have come and gone while others have stayed rooted in the area. Many of the original families still have descendants in Milton and Ulladulla today. The shops have changed for the times, but most of the original buildings still stand. If you walk around Milton and look at Country Leather, the Settlement, the Star and Milton Hotel and the old post office building, you'll be looking back at history that has stood the test of time. Another piece of history remains hidden under Milton. If you look at the grate at the entrance of the Settlement Arcade, you'll see the tunnels that were built to serve as storerooms for the shops on the street above. Unknowingly, this tunnel has actually helped the foundations of the buildings above to breathe and as a result, they still stand. While some types of work and jobs have changed a lot, others remain the same, but have only modernised. Technology has helped the town to grow and evolve from the first electric lights to smartphones, computers, solar panels and electric stovetops. Another thing that has modernised is the roles of men and women both at home and in town. From women being mainly in the home caring for the children to being a part of the workforce and having equal roles and rights as men. We have an old postcard that depicts how Milton looked a long time ago. And if you look at Milton now, you'll see the complete change of how things are. They still have the same road and it still remains on the diagonal as it was back then. And yeah, the foundations of the town still stay. And you can walk around and see so many different places that have stood the test of time one thing i find quite interesting is in the heritage bakery the old photo showing the princess highway 
if you look at the side-by-side comparison, it is the exact same path. And that just goes to show that not only has, you know, the town, you know, stuck to its roots in that form, it hasn't demolished itself to mm-hmm. try to conform to anyone, but it's, you know, it, it still shows that to this day. And um, One of the buildings yeah. that sadly did get destroyed was um, Pickering Shop. Um, that was one of the original buildings, and today it's the Anzac Memorial um, and the land beside it um, in between the Anzac Memorial and the courthouse, which that's the original courthouse, which is pretty cool, and the original pear tree. It's Touchdown! With co-hosts Bailey and Jamaica. And we will be covering all the local sports. Everything from scores to how to get involved. Listen in if you want to know what's going on around the town in every season of the year. On this week's podcast, we're focusing on NRL and today we're going to be talking about good plays and bad plays. So today I'm starting off with the good plays. So the first, um, Sharks versus Cowboys. Um, My favourite try from this game was Royce Hunt in the 34th minute, um, had three defenders on him and he got shoved down, got up and scored a try. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, My first good play was the Eagles versus Roosters game. Even though the Eagles were losing 22-6, in the um, 69th minute, the winger Simonson passed to captain Clint Gutherson who ran and scored a try which was good. <laughs> Warriors and Manly, there was a try in the 11th minute. Harris passed to Johnson. Um, fast board to Latani Selesniak, who flew midair. Um, I think he was over the, like, heaps of centimetres over the... Um, Dead ball The line. rectangle foam box on the side oh, yeah. <laughs> that marks the try line. He flew way over that and scored. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the Tigers and Dolphins game. Coruscant in the 27th minute put a bomb up in the air and um, Laurie grabbed it and passed it to Ilamanu and they got a try and there were heaps of defenders everywhere so it was a pretty good attempt to get a try. Yeah. Um, when I turned on my TV to watch the football, I was absolutely sh- shocked to see the Dragons beating <laughs> yes, the Storm. That was um, so good. <laughs> Um, Dragons were leading 18 to 8 in the first 10 minutes and I have to say their defences improved massively as a team. At the Mm. start of the season there was heaps of gaps in their lines. And like now they're Mm. like Hunt is about to leave. Yeah. Or talking about leaving. I don't like that at all. They're gonna just gonna go like they're gonna just fall down. They're gonna go downhill from there. Literally. But their defence was very solid. Um, Storm yeah. were given heaps of six agains on their line and it was mm. just really good to see. Yeah, so um, my third one is Hunt put up a kick and some and um, Storm player knocked it on in their try line or near their try line and then dropped it and then Burns grabbed it and scored a try, which was a really good play. Apart yeah. from the Sharks try, this is my second favourite try of the week. Um, Titans and Penrith in the second minute. Um, Haas burst through two defenders, stepped on the inside of Dylan Edwards to score a try. Yep. This is the West Tigers and Dolphins game again. Three minutes to go in the second half. Tigers were given a penalty. Um, the score was 22 and 23, Dolphins way. And then 
the kicker, which was Coruscant, just slotted it in and um, from a really hard point of the field and then they got the goal and won the game, which was good. Um, now on to the bad plays of the week, um, starting off with the Eels and Roosters game. Um, <laughs> hey, come this, I'm targeting the um, Roosters, not the Eels, oh, so don't good. worry. Um, right. <laughs> I feel like Tedesco was very bad during Origin, didn't play his best football yes, whatsoever. Yes, agree. But in this game, he happened to score two tries and the crowd went wild and it was very overrated and he <laughs> went on to set up a couple of tries also. Yeah, well, um, I feel like this is not about the bad plays yet, but I reckon Teddy is a very overrated player, especially after the Origin series. He had such a shocker and all three games and there would have been so many other people who were good enough to fill that spot and yet they still put him on the field. I call Tedesco's play slip and slides <laughs> because he gets up and trips and it's absolutely yeah, it's, hopeless. it's so bad. And, like, in back to origin, like, they – his oh, his defence was so bad. He's meant to be, like, the fullback and he was just so bad at his job. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm um, up to my bad plays. So the Dragons and the Storm game, the Dragons were leading by a lot at the first, in the first half, but then they um, had a high error and six again count, but then they let the Storm win, which sucked. Yeah. Because I, I do not like the Storm at all. No, they suck. They and suck. Dragons are going <laughs> really bad. So I was excited to watch the win. Um, I think this is the worst play I've ever seen in a long time, the Warriors versus the Eagles. Um, Nickel Kotstak took out Ruben Garrick's legs on a tackle. Um, Ruben fell on his back. Um, after, this was after a dropout, um, very dangerous. He went on to play the game. He was a bit stumbly on his legs um, and it later turned out that he had a fracture in his back. Yeah, right. Um, now... Because it was a dropout, the ref ignored it. Mm. No penalty or sin bin was given. I think a penalty was given, but no sin bin. But if it was a normal kick, there would have been 10 in the bin. Yeah, at least. So that rule needs to be fixed. Definitely. Um, My second one for the bad plays is (laughs) um, the Eagles' defence. I hate to say it, but we need to work on it. I mean, like, if you guys don't know, I go for the Eagles. So... I really don't like talking about it, but anyway, um, because like Moses and Sivo and Campbell Gillard are out, we, we're missing like a lot of our players, but yeah, we definitely still need to work on our defence. Three do, good players shouldn't determine whether we're good or not. Do you guys think you will jump into the eight? I hope so. <laughs> um, we're not looking too good, but I don't know, hopefully. We just need Moses and Sebo on that back. Anyway. And then my last bad play is the Titans and Penrith game. Um, Aaron Shook from the Titans grabbed Zach Hoskins' jersey, who's from Penrith, without the ball, so we got 10 minutes in the bin. Oh, yeah. I think that was a bit harsh, 10 minutes in the bin for, for grabbing someone says Yeah, someone's without jersey. Without the ball because it happens every week and yeah, there's literally. never been a 10 in the bin for that. So yeah. I think that and was I'm, pretty sure there would have been a few forward passes along the week and 
he, so many things don't get called up these days. It's like actually really annoying when you're watching from home because like you're screaming at the refs through your telly and not like they're going to hear you. <laughs> but um, I'm very... I saw I a um, thing where people want the bunker removed. The bunker sucks because everything in slow motion looks like a knock-on. I do not like it and they need to get more new bunker reviewers. I think the bunker is really good but, yeah, need to change the reviewers but for camera angles and stuff it's really good. But I don't like when you can't see some camera angles and it's literally purely based off what the referee thinks. Yeah, I don't agree with that as well. I think if you can't see the try... There are some good parts of the bunker. If you can't see the try then it's no try and then they just get a set restart or whatever. Yeah, just... Not the bunker. Yeah, um, do you have any tips for grand finals? Who do you think's going to be in it? <laughs> oh, I really don't want to say it, but the Broncos. And who will be versing them, do you reckon? Penrith. I, I agree, even though I don't want that to happen. No, but me either. I don't want any just... of them to win. <laughs> I think... Um, I want them um, to both lose. Unless, um, you know, like... Warriors or someone come up. Yeah, like push um, yeah. Penrith out of the way. But I definitely think Broncos are going to be there. Yeah. Because, like, um, no. ladder at the moment. So Penrith are coming first and then it's the Broncos and then Warriors, Storm. Sharks. Those, <laughs> then the Sharks, Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Raiders. So, like, those are the top um, six. Back onto the ladder. Um if Storm lose against the Broncos, um, Sharks will. Sh- if Sharks win their next two games, they'll shuffle up into the four. <laughs> this which is the Sharks really person talking. Of course, she knows all about this. <laughs> I really want to see that happen because I don't think Storm will be able to match up against the Broncos. No, nah, I don't reckon bad. either. Yeah. If it was that close against the Dragons, that's really embarrassing, it's and so they need to take a good look that's at like their team. Someone being beaten by the Tigers. I know. That's it's just like really bad. But the dragons are picking up their game. So that's it on today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) Have you ever wondered what the future of Eladella would look like? Welcome to Pressing Politics. In this segment, we look at what our local government is discussing and has planned and what that means for the future of our town. So during the council meeting on the 31st of July 2023... Council primarily discussed the harbour upgrades that will be taking place uh, over the coming years. Uh, There are two main aspects. One is actual upgrades to the harbour facilities. And two would be a boardwalk going across from the Prince's Highway to to Waston Street and and the harbour itself. The boardwalk has been in development since 1985, though it's come across multiple stumbling blocks. Currently, the Ruse and Ocean View cafes use what was initially the harbour boardwalk, though as it gets developed, there will be additional businesses that will be able to utilise it, as well as being used as a tourist spot. Within the harbour itself, there will be a new floating pontoon berthing, 19 new berths, which, for those not nautically inclined, are poles sticking out of the harbour in which you can tie ropes around to so your boat doesn't drift away. There will be new effluent pump-out and waste services for incoming vessels, 
which will definitely help with people who are coming in on yachts and on their own boats and so on. Now, a little bit more on this boardwalk. So, of course, it's going to be elevated above uh, the harbor and above uh, what would be the train, though there are going to be some constraints. I'm not sure if you guys have gone down and see the treed area by the harbor, you know, where the car park is. Um, so that area, that's, a lot of the trees are going to get removed from that. I think some of the old growth, like a couple of the old growth trees are going to remain. But what's going to happen is there's going to be a retaining wall set up so that, you know, there isn't landslides and so that uh, it can bring the boardwalk stability. Uh, there's going to be a timber privacy screen over the car park. And during the council meeting, Councillor Mark Kitchener uh, mentioned that with the construction of the Milton Melodella Bypass, there is going to be a loss of economic stimulation due to the lack of through traffic. Not as many cars are going to be uh, coming by and stopping off to have lunch or so on in this area or maybe top up uh, on water or snacks or whatever. So the main issue is going to be how are we going to get people to Aladella to start spending money here and how are we going to get businesses and also uh, banks and so on to invest in new businesses and in development projects so how they're going to do that is through a couple of things one uh, south of the harbor if you know the new apartment block there that's part of the project there's also going to be uh, rezoning I'm not sure if it's gone through already but there is rezoning from low-density uh, residential housing to uh, mixed-use, medium-density housing. Now, whether that will require the de- demolition of already existing houses or uh, what's going to happen with that is still somewhat up in the air. But this is what's going on on paper. There will also be new businesses that will pop up because of this boardwalk Uh, I know as a young person who's come out of high school, one of the biggest issues here is there isn't really a big nightlife. There's also not a lot of activities that go on. Um, So, like, um, I feel like aside from sport, there needs to be more stuff to do because, I mean, there's really not much. I mean, there's fun land and stuff, but that's it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not – we've also got the issue that there's going to be the bypass going in possibly – and, I mean, um, Albion Park is just almost a ghost town now um, mm. since their bypass has opened up. So we normally get the foot traffic or, like, we get cars stopping while they're on their way through to, like, Bateman's Bay and stuff. So, I mean, how is it going to affect us? Um, I feel like if our town did invest in better infrastructure, for example, like a shopping mall, because on weekends... We only have like Funland or bowling to mm. do, or if the surf, like people do surf, but when it's bad, there's like nothing movies. to do. Yeah, I or mean, the literally, but the narrow shopping yeah. centre isn't even that good. No, it's not. The closest mm. good shopping centre is all the way in um, like Shell Harbour. Shell Harbour, yeah. yeah. But if our town did like build a huge shopping mall or something, that's what pe- brings people to town. Stuff I mean, that would be do. good, wow. but then also what we need as well is like easy to get housing. Low-income housing. Yeah, yeah, affordable housing. Affordable um, housing, that's yeah. it. 
Well, I mean, I think just as much as there is a need to get affordable housing, there's going to be definitely a need for, well, a reason for young people to stay here. I'm not mm. sure, you know, as a 20-year-old, I've seen most of my uh, more gifted uh, classmates from Aladilla High. Mm. I mean, literally, all, yeah, they've uh, all my gone. boyfriend's um, told me that all of his friends have, like, moved to Canberra. And, I mean, I, I've seen the effect, like, stuff myself. Like, I moved after I finished high school. And so by that time, people have either moved away to uni in, like, Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Wollongong, or, like, they've already got their friendship groups. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not the easiest to integrate yourself when you're a young person here. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that quite well. But, I mean, it, just as much as there is, again, as I was saying, just as much as there is, uh, as there needs to be affordable housing, there also needs to be a reason for young people to stay. Now, the current industries here mainly uh, – revolve around you know fishing um surfing uh, tourist industry and so on but during the winter season i know from my own experience it is quite hard to find new work here um and it's not just me that's had these issues this is quite an endemic issue that's been around for a long time so whether aladella needs to be put on can be put on the map for like great nightclubs or um other activities that don't revolve the water and the uh, weather being warm that would have to be definitely considered by council um, for the future of our town or else we're just going to be turned into an old person's home. Do you scroll through the streaming services not knowing what to watch? Welcome to the nerdy sci-fi movie, guys. Two nerds with a plan. To make sure that you watch the greatest films of all time. Basically, Marvel or Star Wars. Well, could there be others, potentially? Nope. Okay, Okay, let's roll. Hello, today we're reviewing Multiverse of Madness, the sequel to Doctor Strange from 2016. Harley, you can start off. What did you think of the characters and villains? Um, I thought that they were a bit messy in some parts. Agreed. Like, with, um, with Wanda... Because in WandaVision, which came before it, she was, like, at the end, she had to, like, make the hard choice and, like, let her kids go to save all the rest of the people. And she was, like, learning to, like, let go of that and accept it. But then in Multiverse of Madness, it just kind of, like, ruins that arc. Yeah. That it was, like, set up in the, like, previous thing because... It just kind of, like, has her killing and killing and killing just to get her children back. Oh, my God, my two imaginary children died. Yeah, it's, like, also, it was just kind of, like, sad to see, like, her arc, like, go to waste, basically, because it was just kind of ruined in this movie. And some of the writing for her is a bit weird, too. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, for me, I think that, like, the best character in the movie was the evil Doctor Strange at the end. He was terrifying and kind of interesting. And, like, he had me hooked to the screen, man. Like, he was pretty good. But besides that, I think all the characters were pretty mid. Like, America Chavez was mid. Uh, Doctor Strange himself was pretty mid. Like, I can't really remember what his arc was. I'm pretty sure it's about moving on from Christine. But, like, that was way better done in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. With uh, Peter and Gamora, and um, yeah. and just yeah, I just think the characters were just okay-ish. Like they were good at parts, but like the Illuminati is wasted as well. Like they just they just want yeah. Do they anything. had a lot of opportunities for cameos because it's like 
it's the multiverse, so it doesn't have to be connected yeah. to the rest of everything. So they literally like were able to use basically any character that they had the rights to, and it just felt kind of lackluster. Like, yeah. sure, seeing, like, Reed Richards and, like, Xavier was pretty cool. Yeah, but John Krasinski, I mean, well, like, um, Reed Richards, he was stupid as hell for the smartest yeah, man on Earth. Yeah, it's like you're meant to be the smartest man on, alive and, like, you tell the villain exactly how to kill your strongest character on the team that could literally kill Wanda in, like, 0.5 seconds and then he just tells him like tells her that because it's like his power is being able to like kill anybody just by like talking in their direction because it's like so loud and then like and then he's just like black bolt could kill you with a whisper from his mouth yeah he should have said something like um hey wanda black bolt can um tell you how to like do everything and then black bolt just kills her with one word but no don krasinski had to go oh this guy can say one word and that can kill you in one shot oh wait i just revealed the power like i'm an idiot yeah Gotta love it when writers write themselves into a corner. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's like, wait, we have yeah. Black Bolt. How is she going to defeat him? It's like, let's let's have somebody accidentally reveal his power. Why don't yes. we make it the smartest guy in the universe? Yes. I'm pretty sure they just did it just because, um, like, just... Like, they didn't really just, like, want, like, Black Bolt to just win. Because, like, plot hole could have been, like, Black Bolt could have just killed her. So they'll just, like, get Reed Riches, who's supposed to be really smart, to just say that out of nowhere. It's just stupid as hell. Yeah. And um, America Chavez, she was a bit kind of weird. She was a pretty unlikable character who, honestly, was not a very good actor. Like, some of her scenes were just, like... That opening one where she was, like, having her power taken away by the, like, Defender Strange, that was just, that was really poorly acted and poorly Mm. written. Like, some of those lines were just really bad. It's like, no, you're killing me. And I'm like, really? You you figured that out? Good good on you. You get (laughs) a gold star. Exactly. And also, I want to just keep evaluating on that thing that you said about um, all the characters in the multiverse. For a movie called The Multiverse of Madness, there wasn't really much multiverse or much madness in the multiverse at all. Like, the title should be just Doctor Strange 2 something. Like, it shouldn't have been multiverse of madness. Like, Yeah, well, that leads us into the next part, the storyline. Mid- yeah, when weird. in terms of the storyline, I think that is probably the weakest part of it all because of what Billy said where it's like it's a movie called Multiverse of Madness and we did not see any madness in the multiverse. It's like they went to like one separate universe or like two and it just like and the other universes also like they didn't feel very like creative it's like, come on, a, a separate universe where you go when the light is red, it's like that's the best you could come up with. Yeah. Like pizza meatballs, is yeah, that the best creative stupid. idea you could have had for a whole separate universe? There was so much opportunity there, and I feel like whoever was in charge of that just really yeah. missed it. It feels like they wanted to name the movie, like, Multiverse Madness, because that sounds like a cool title to get people interested into going to the movie theatre. It's like, oh, my God, Multiverse Madness, that sounds interesting. Let's go to the theatre. Yeah, guys. Yeah, cause so, it, And then like, to just, um, sorry, um, yeah, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, just 
and just because they had that title, they wanted it to be a valid title. So they were like, okay, let's do a nine-second shot of them going through different universes and then just have them be in just, like, two other universes the whole movie. Yeah, it never, like, for a movie called Multiverse of Madness, it should have felt like something was, like, about to go wrong with the multiverse. It's like the multiverse was about to break and I never really got that feeling where I just, like, felt like something was about to go wrong in the multiverse because it's like they they kind of like they did that better in No Way Home where they were like saying that the multiverse is about to collapse and all these villains are about to come through into mm, their universe yes. but I never really got a sense of that in that movie and it's like we all heard that if Wanda gets America's power, she mm. could enslave the multiverse, but we never really feel like we're at risk of that actually happening. Yeah. So it just kind Not of like gets well rid of some of the stakes. It's bad execution. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I agree with all that. The story was just mid. It didn't have much multiverse for a movie called Multiverse Madness. Let's just move on. Um, Best joke in the movie, Um, for me, I didn't... I actually don't really remember how... Like, I just thought it was pretty funny when um Reed Richards died. Not because it was, like, um because he died. It was just so funny how stupid he, he was. He got spaghetti noodled. Yeah, no, it was just so funny how stupid he was. Like, I'm, like watching him die was just so funny because how dumb he was. Yeah. And I think, for me, the best joke in the movie was, like, when Doctor Strange was, like, stuck in the other universe, so he was, like, forced to, like, dream walk into, like, a zombie version of himself, like, because he had to find a version of himself that was in that universe. Oh, yeah, no, it's yeah, pretty and then, funny. And then when they're, like, he's a zombie and then Wong comes up and sees him and, like, there's a bunch of stuff going on and he's like, I don't even want to know. Because he's like... <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, pretty I, funny, I, I yeah. I found that really funny. Um, uh, yeah, this is a bit off, but I actually think the special effects were pretty good in the movie overall. Like, I thought Zombie Doctor Strange, he looked awesome. Like, I thought that was great. And um, I thought that just, like, a lot of the other CGI was pretty good. Besides that eye thing at the beginning, like, that eye thing looked very bad. But besides that, I thought the CGI was good. What, what eye thing? There's a lot of eye things in the movie now that I think of it. The, like... The eye on the forehead or the eye with the tentacles? Oh, or... oh, wait, both of them. Both looked bad. The eye on the, um, the third eye on the face looked trash and um, the eye in the beginning also looked bad. I mean, opinion. I can see where you're coming from with the eye on his forehead, but I, I think that Gargantos looked pretty cool. Uh, well, I guess. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember it being looking weird. And the action in the movie is overall, like, pretty good. Like, there were some good action sequences, like the one where Wanda is chasing Doctor Strange in America. That was pretty good, and it built suspense very well and had good music. Um, yeah. But, yeah, besides that, like, the movie is just pretty mad. Overall, how many rubber chickens would you give this movie, and why? Um, I'm going to go with 5 out of 10. It's got quite a lot of flaws but I think there are some redeeming qualities like the humor and other stuff like that but I just think there's a lot of problems with the movie yeah for me it's five out of ten as a series maybe because if you're taking the movie seriously like you're not gonna love the movie at all like there is so much bad stuff in it but like it's one of those movies where it's like um it's just like you know, like, it's just so bad it's good, you know what I mean? So like, Yeah, I, I, where it's like if you turn your brain off, it's kind of enjoyable. Yeah.
So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 as a silly movie, like that you're not taking seriously at all. Like if you're not taking the movie seriously at all and you're just there for the ride, it's just like a lot of fun. Like it's so bad. It's just fun to watch. So yeah, that's how I would do it. 5 out of 10 as a serious movie yeah. and 8 out of 10 as a like a movie that you're not taking seriously at all. Um, so yeah, um, that's our review for Multiverse of Madness. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, have a great day. Ciao. So that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to our show. Shoalhaven Youth Local is a show dedicated to sharing local info about the Shoalhaven. From a youth perspective. If you want any information from the show, you can find it in our show notes at our podcast, Shoalhaven Youth Local. And don't forget to subscribe and share the show with all your favourite locals. Shoalhaven Youth Local is made possible with funding from the New South Wales Office of Communities and Justice. Catch you next time!